It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The, the top stories. The country's ruling Communist Party prepares to open its National Congress. Britain's new Chancellor promises to restore certainty and predictability after weeks of turmoil. And the death toll from a suspected gas explosion at a Turkish mine rises to 41. The country's ruling Communist Party will open its National Congress tomorrow at 10 a.m. During the week-long political conclave, President Xi Jinping will likely be given a renewed mandate and the top decision-making body, the Politburo Standing Committee, will undergo a reshuffle. The new leadership lineup is expected to be unveiled after the mostly closed-door gathering ends next Saturday. On the eve of the event, which takes place under strict anti-epidemic measures, a spokesperson, Sun Ye Li, said China's dynamic zero-COVID policy had been stabilizing and cost-effective. He spoke through an interpreter. The dynamic zero-COVID policy has enabled us to keep infection and case fatality rates at a very low level. Keeping to this approach and with robust efforts to curb the virus, stabilize the economy and secure development, we have realized sustained and stable economic development. All things considered, China's COVID response measures are most cost-effective and have worked the best for our country. Looking ahead, we can see light and hope. With perseverance, we will triumph over the pandemic. Financial Services Minister Christopher Hoy has brushed aside comparisons of upcoming fintech events being held by Hong Kong and Singapore, saying the SAR isn't scared of competition. On an RTHK program, he said Hong Kong is positioned differently from the city-state because it can both leverage support from the mainland and connect with the rest of the world. A Hong Kong University scholar, Paul Yip, says nurturing local talent is just as important as attracting it from overseas. The chief executive, John Lee, has indicated that bringing international talent here will be a keystone of his maiden policy address next week. Professor Yip, who's the Associate Dean of Hong Kong New Social Sciences Faculty, says the city's own young people have skills and creativity in abundance. It is good for us to put up attractive measures to bring the foreign talent in, but at the same time, please try to reserve some sufficient resources to develop our local talent as well, because actually they are good. When you see, I mean, the top 100 universities, I mean, five of them are in Hong Kong. So each year we have more than 10,000 graduates coming from the university. They are looking for opportunity and further training as well. Britain's opposition leader Keir Starmer has accused the government of causing grotesque chaos after the new chancellor admitted mistakes were made when announcing unfunded tax cuts. The Labour Party leader described to the damage caused as unprecedented. Earlier, the newly appointed chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, said difficult economic decisions would have to be taken in the aftermath of the prime minister's U-turns on her flagship tax policy. He's promised to restore certainty and predictability. We want to put this right, but we also want to level with people that in a very, very challenging international situation, post-pandemic, cost-of-living crisis, Ukraine, we're going to have to make difficult decisions on spending. It's not going to rise by as much as we would have liked, and we're going to have to ask all government departments for even more efficiencies. And by the same merit, we're not going to be able to cut taxes as quickly as we wanted to, and some taxes will have to go up. Yesterday, Ms Liz Truss was forced into another major U-turn on tax and sacked her chancellor. The Pakistani finance minister Ishak Dar says he'll seek to reschedule around 27 billion US dollars worth of bilateral debt. Pakistan faces a financial crisis with its foreign exchange reserves only enough to pay for two months of imports.
We will not bother uh, multilateral donors for the rescheduling. We will be restricting ourselves, engaging bilateral creditors, and uh, we will uh, honor the uh, commitment of the bond, which is becoming due in December this year. And a quick look at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. It'll be mainly cloudy and dry with a minimum temperature tomorrow morning of about 25 degrees in urban areas, slightly lower in the new territories. Sunny periods with a high of about 31 degrees, moderate to fresh northerly winds, occasionally strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook, it'll be windy in the next few days, dry with sunny intervals on Monday. It'll be cooler from Tuesday to Thursday, with temperatures dipping to around 19 degrees in urban areas. Currently it's 28 degrees Celsius, humidity is 43%. Please be advised, the red fire danger warning is in force. You're tuned to RTHK, the time is 5 minutes past 11. The Turkish Prime Minister Recep Tayyip Erdogan says 41 people are now known to have died in a coal mine disaster in the north of the country after rescuers res recovered the last body. Mr Erdogan had been visiting the site of the tragedy at Am Azra on the Black Sea. He's promised an investigation into the suspected methane blast. 11 people were rescued and are being treated for injuries. This rescue worker said he was certain there was no one left to recover. <laughs> We did not leave any of our friends behind. We've been here about 24 hours now. We've done our final duty to our friends. The last 13 or 14 people remained, so for them we went down the mine again and retrieved their bodies. There's no problem now. There's no one left in the mine. The authorities in the Australian state of Victoria have reported the first death as a result of widespread flooding across the southeast of the country. The body of a 71-year-old man was retrieved from a property in Rochester, north of Melbourne. At a news conference, Victoria's Premier, Daniel Andrews, paid his respects. We, of course, send our deepest sympathies to his family and friends. Rochester is a proud local community, a very tight local community, and uh, they'll all be, I know, uh, saddened to hear of one of their number passing away. Tennis now, and world number one Inga Swiatek cruised past eighth-ranked Coco Golf to reach the San Diego Open semifinals in a rematch of this year's French Open women's final, beating the 18-year-old American Golf in 65 minutes. Swiatek will face sixth-ranked Jessica Pagula, who defeated 18th-ranked U.S. compatriot Madison Keys. Croatia's 77th-ranked Donna Vekic made the semifinals by ousting fifth-ranked Arena Sabalenka, and she'll face... American Danielle Collins, who defeated Spain's Paula Badosa. Football and bottom of the table, Leicester City hosted Crystal Palace in tonight's early game, but Leicester were unable to ease the pressure on manager Brendan Rodgers, and they were held to a goalless draw at the King Power Stadium. Fulham are hosting Bournemouth, and the visitors were leading 2-1 a short time ago, while Wolves and Nottingham Forest were scoreless in the late game. Tottenham host Everton. Barcelona coach Xavi Hernandez says he'll walk away if he thinks he can't help the team improve. The Catalans are close to elimination from the Champions League after a draw with Inter Milan on Wednesday despite heavy summer spending and they face criticism this week ahead of the Clasico tomorrow. Xavi's side, La Liga leaders, face champions Real Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu where they won 4-0 last season. Bayern Munich goalkeeper Manuel Neuer will miss his side's top-of-the-table clash with Bundesliga high flyers Freiburg tomorrow due to problems with his shoulder. The coach, Julian Nagelsmann, said he's still in pain but hoped Neuer could be back next week. 
Neuer missed Bayern's 4-2 Champions League win over Victoria Pilsen midweek, but he's played every minute of the league season so far. Bayern are under pressure ahead of the Freiburg game, having won just one of their last six games in the Bundesliga. England have cemented their status as favourites for the Women's Rugby World Cup, but they were pushed all the way in a 13-7 win over France and New Zealand. Earlier, Australia beat Scotland 14-12 and the United States pulled away from Japan 30-17, leaving the two beaten teams on the brink of elimination. On a day of tense matches in Whangarei, it was the Paul C showdown between France and England that carried the most significance, with both sides strong contenders to meet again in the next month's final. Scotland must now beat hosts New Zealand next week to have any chance of making the quarterfinals from Pool A, and Japan faced the same challenge against Pool B rivals Italy. George Martin has smashed the nine-year-old Phillip Island lap record to grab pole position for the Australian MotoGP, with world champion Fabio Cotoraro coming in fifth. In dry and partly cloudy conditions, the Spaniard ensured he'll start at the front of the grid tomorrow with a blistering lap of 1 minute and 27.767 seconds. And close calls with wild animals invading the racetrack have prompted some of the world's top riders to demand safety improvements. It follows an incident during a practice session at Phillip Island when the Spanish MotoGP rider Alex Espagaro nearly hit a wallaby at more than 200 kilometres an hour. Geese flying low over the circuit are also worrying riders. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The country's ruling Communist Party prepares to open its National Congress. Britain's new Chancellor promises to restore certainty and predictability after weeks of turmoil. And the death toll from a suspected gas explosion at a Turkish coal mine rises to 41. The news from RTHK. Till there's no tomorrow I'm a nice set to 